Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities and organizations. Sign up today and use code AVERAGE to save 20%. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for Conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. everyone welcome back to the average conservationist podcast and i'm your host mark shewing uh <clears throat> on the podcast with me today i have eric clark from the OKS hunter and uh eric was a guest on the podcast um i think we figured it out uh, after we actually got to recording um close to two years ago and at the time OKS hunter was um you know was still kind of in its infancy uh stages if you will in terms of they had launched um probably three or four months uh, before we actually started, or actually before we recorded that that episode of the podcast. So to see um, where Eric and the team at OKS Hunter has, um, where they have, have gotten to now from from the early stages uh, is incredible. Um, the, the brand and the mission, um, or the mission behind the brand of OKS Hunter really is, is just about hunters um, enjoying the hunt, doing what um, what excites them, you know, taking, you know, when it comes to, you know, shooting a deer, shoot, what, what excites you, what makes you happy? It's your hunt. It's your tag. Um, you know, use it how you see fit. And the, that message resonates and continues to resonate with just a, a large number, uh, of hunters, whether it's, you know, your average weekend warrior, someone who's just getting into hunting. Um, they've certainly found, um, a community of like-minded people through the OKS Hunter, and you know not only 
um, you know, what they've built there, but, the you know, Eric and his team have their own podcast, you know, they sell a ton of really cool merchandise, um, as well. And, you know, kind of throughout all of that have been able to, you know, help raise a bunch of money, uh, for conservation, which is, um, certainly part of their ethos and their mission, uh, there at OKS Hunter. Um, unlike some kind of previous episodes, um, you know, where we certainly are, are getting into, um, kind of the origin story of the business, uh, maybe why conservation, uh, plays into the company and why it's important. Um, Eric and I have, have kind of hashed that out already in the previous episode. Um, so really we got to talk, um, just a lot about the business side of things and, you know, where things are going, how they've been able to get there, the success that they're finding, um, you know, what's to come for the OKS Hunter. Uh, they just, <clears throat> wrapped up um, a 3D archery shoot. Um, I think it was a few weeks back uh, out there in Wisconsin. And, you know, it was a great success. They raised a ton of money for conservation, got a bunch of people out there to enjoy the day and are already looking at ways on how it can be, um, you know, more su- successful is the right word, how it can be more fulfilling um, and, and more family oriented um, next year as well. So, um, you know, we talk about that. Um, we talk about, you know, kind of what is to come for the season, uh, for Eric and, you know, what that looks like and the time that he's actually able to devote, uh, to getting out, uh, in the woods, just, uh, you know, having three young kids and a job and a business and all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes, uh, his time and, or his free time specifically is, uh, is a bit of a premium. So, uh, it's just a, it's just a really fun conversation that Eric, I had, Eric and I had, uh, it's one that I think you guys will will certainly enjoy, and there's certainly um, some great takeaways uh, from Eric and and his experiences and and what he has kind of dealt with or or what he has implemented, I guess is a better way to put it, uh, in his life uh, from a business side of things over the last couple of years. So, episode one eighteen, Eric Clark from the OKS Hunter. Uh, today's episode is going to be brought to you by my friends over at Hardside Hydration. If you're looking for a rugged and dependable dependable hydration setup for the backcountry, you need to visit hardsidehydration.com. Go over there, check out their swig rig. It's bomb proof in terms of uh, your hydration setup for the backcountry. And uh, typically those are not two things that are synonymous with one another, but if you head over, check out the swig rig. What it does is it converts, um, any Nalgene bottle into your hydration setup. So it's going to give you an option that's easy to clean, easy to access, and it's going to be going to give you that peace of mind, um, that your equipment is not going to fail. And, um, another bright spot is if you're a guy or gal who likes to, you know, add uh, supplements to your hydration, swig rig, super easy to clean, comes apart, uh, not like having to try to clean a water bladder or something like that. So you're going to really enjoy that as well. So again, head over to hardsidehydration.com. All right, Mr. Eric Clark, the OKS Hunter. Welcome back to the podcast, man. How are you? Good. When was the last time we did this? Gosh, you, you know, I was thinking about that earlier and I was going to try to go back through kind of the archives and see when exactly it was, but I didn't get a chance to, but it, it's easily over a year ago at this point. Yeah, I know I have your that episode on our website on our podcast page, so I'll have to add this one whenever it airs those to the to the list. Yeah, rank it up to the. Well, as I as I mentioned here, you're really bailing me out here because we're recording this on Labor Day. So as soon as we get done recording, I have to turn around, edit this, and get it all set for Wednesday's release. Um, 
because yeah, some, some scheduling conflicts, some people had to reschedule and drop out. And I, uh, as I mentioned, I don't think people want to listen to me talk for a half hour, 45 minutes or so. So again, thank you for uh, kind of bailing me out here. Yeah, happy to do it. I clearly love talking about the stuff. And uh, as a podcaster myself, I totally understand the position you're in and happy to help. I, hopefully we can add some value to your listeners today. Yeah, no, I think we absolutely will, especially as we kind of get into some of the stuff that, that I want to cover today. So first off, man, how are you? It's been, I mean, we got to catch up for just a quick minute, but how's how's everything going in your world? It's good. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff. It's hard to to manage. You know, people talk about like balance and I don't know about any of that. I think it's just, I can't really turn this stuff off. Yeah. So it's just integrated and intertwined with my regular life. Um, and now I have a, a different career than I did at this point in time uh, versus when we talked last. And my career is in the outdoor industry as well. So there's some further alignment there that um, at least isn't so far apart. So I'm a lot happier. <laughs> doing that and then as a result because i'm happier and there's like some relationship between the two worlds um i don't feel like so we're doing more of the stuff on the oks hunter side of things so that's been really a, a big change back in february uh for me and i don't know there's something other some other thought i was gonna say about that but it's been really nice to have that i've just my bucket's a little bit more full and uh that's what i was gonna say i can be more patient before i i, I didn't hate my job it just wasn't the job for me. I knew that from like day one and I yeah. stuck there for five years and uh, stuck around. And, and, uh, as a result, I thought I had to like make my other business compensate my day job a hundred percent. And therefore it's either like this all or nothing kind of mentality. If I'm going to jump ship, I'm going to jump ship. I'm so unhappy. I'm so unhappy. This other thing I'm happy. Well then that breeds a little bit of desperation. If I were to have jumped ship and didn't have all my ducks in a row, so to speak, then I would have been like trying to make deals that wouldn't make sense. And, that's not the case at all. I can be as patient as I want because I'm pretty satisfied and chill with where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, making good money. I'm doing what I love. I'm on a great team. It, it relates to the world I'm in on the side. There's communication about both of those things. Um, so I can, if this takes five years to do what I'm going to do, great. And this, may, this means we can like pick the right partners and do the right stuff. And there's no rush. It, it feels really good. Yeah. That, that's one thing that I've noticed too is is being or trying to be more intentional about the decisions uh, that you're making with the company or with the brand, the the partners that you want to align yourself with, um, instead of just kind of jumping at anything that kind of presents itself or presents itself or anything that's out there. Because in the end, it's going to, if it's not the right fit, it's going to show itself at some point, right? And that's when you're going to have to make a tough decision or it's going to start stressing you out even more. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be, you know, trials and tribulations with any any business any brand that you're starting but if you have that that ability to to take your time and to be patient with things uh yeah good things certainly come from it yeah so that feels good so to answer your question how am i doing I, you know pretty good i have three kids which i mentioned all their birthdays are in september it, man, it was really just a, it's a dense month so uh <laughs> i'm just going crazy a little bit and that's fine that's par for the course yeah, and being in Wisconsin there, I mean, your guys' early archery season opens up in, what, two weeks, something like that? Yeah, the 17th, if that's two weeks away, then I think that's accurate. Um, I'll probably get out for one of those days of the weekend because it doesn't land on a birthday. Fortunately, it's the only weekend that actually keeps me safe from all of that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife, like, rolls her eyes. She's like, whatever, dude, you're going to do what you're going to do. It's, just go, you know, and yeah. – uh, 
I'm probably going to go with Derek or Greg, who are the, the podcast co-hosts. So we'll see where they I, they're going to set me up. I haven't really done much of anything this season other than I have been able to shoot my bow, but I've not been out scouting or anything other than spring. Yeah. So <clears throat> like, I guess kind of the first thing that I want to talk about is, you know, since I had you on, uh, I think we just, we kind of narrowed it down to over a year ago. We'll just kind of ballpark it in that in that way. But the OKS Hunter, the the brand, uh, and everything like that has really kind of taken off, kind of kind of blown up. So tell me about that. What has that been like for you, or how how did you get there? Kind of walk me through that process. Uh, yeah, it, nothing's really changed on my end as far as I'm concerned. It's same old, same old. Um, but really, it, it's it's a place that I found uh, some sec- some some success deploying the Gary V content model, which is you know, finding some long form piece of content and then producing micro clips and then producing content that allows you to produce it at scale, but then make it, you know, uh, organic or native to each social platform. So we post to Facebook reels, Instagram reels are two different things. Uh, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, TikTok, um, Facebook, Facebook groups, two of them and LinkedIn as well as uh, I do some writing for Medium and now Go Wild. And so we're showing up in a lot of different outlets. And uh, we also post content to Go Wild as well, plus the podcast. So really, we're, we're a content machine. Machine, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's primarily Tyler and I that produce any of the content that folks might see. And we, we, we post to Twitter also. That's when I was forgetting. And then we repurpose those tweets to Instagram. But we, we just try to maximize our content engine and YouTube, YouTube Shorts. <laughs> And YouTube Live, and uh, yeah, it's so there's we just hit the ground running really heavy with just meme content and uh, gifs and things of that nature. But you know, more than just ha ha ha, this is funny or silly or goofy. Um, what what we try to do is like 80% of what we put out is just relatable content. Yeah. It's stuff that people see and go, hey, this is me, or hey, this is you. Hundred percent. That's that's the baseline of how we operate. From there. Uh, we throw in a dash of okayistness where it's like, haha, I forgot my release, or haha, I, you know, whatever, sharded in the stand, whatever the heck it is. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, and then we also have started really, uh, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, really doing a lot more with like this philanthropic kind of approach to hunting. Um, not preachy, but just PSAs and, and subtle reminders of like, you know, quoting Fred Bear or Epictetus or Marcus Aurelius. I, I pull a lot from Stoic philosophy. I follow and read Stoic philosophy. I've been for like three years now and it's actually changed my life um, for for the better by far. And I'm still going through that that transformation and change and trying to practice that stuff. Um, but I found that it has a good coupling when I apply it to deer hunting. And we end up facing a lot of controversy and negativity and, and bullying type stuff and just shit comments coming our way. Yeah. And uh, every time that happens, it's an opportunity for us to show up and, and just do more good. So every time someone says something bad or slanders us, it's an opportunity to show up and like be good to that person, show the community what positivity looks like in action rather than like get into a grappling with that person, wrestle them down to the bottom. Like that's not, we'll never go tit for tat. Right. And that, and it's like, really hard not to because <laughs> you know yeah of course my blood is boiling and i want to just punch that person in the face metaphorically and just destroy them right but yeah. that's not going to do anybody any good they've already done it to themselves if they're going to be an a-hole so uh you know that's how have things changed i'm just trying to further perf- not perfect but hone in on my ability to to 
be more stoic about our brand and how we go to market with that stuff. So, you know, anytime something like that happens, the four of us, me, Greg, Derek, and Tyler, you know, we just, we say, kill them with kindness. Like we're, that's all we're ever going to do. We're never going to just be mean to someone, um, privately or publicly. It's just not who we are, not how we want to act and not how we want to portray and represent the hunting community. So we, we're trying to be the exemplar of that. And, uh, you know, in doing all this stuff and, and having that positive message, that strong mission, that relatability, that sparked a chord with a number of folks. Having the content machine churn out content, you know, uh, up to three times a day in addition to blogs and podcasts, you know, it, it, it's hard to maybe get away from us. Some people love it. Some people might hate it. Some people might not care at all. But, um, you know, we're, we're definitely, um, I don't know, we're shipping products all over the country every single day. I think we got like, I don't know, 12 orders today alone. Yeah. And uh, I think Tyler, <laughs> he does all the fulfillment. I think he has like 40 orders to fulfill tonight. Oh, wow. So he'll probably be up to like two in the morning, like stacking boxes in his uh, den at his house. It's crazy. I mean, that's that's awesome to hear. Uh, a few things based on what you said there. Do you actually get a lot of people who kind of come at you with that negativity and, and stuff like that? Because I can't, I mean, obviously I'm I've been following you guys along for a couple of years anyway. Um, and at, like you said, everything has always been positive, right? And, and the, the way that you guys go about handling your business in terms of the, the content that you're putting out is I, I just don't see how someone could come at it and be like, say something rude or, or negative or more than you'd think, but it's probably like one to 2% that will do that. The problem is that one to two percent is really loud. Like no one's ever called into customer service for, you know, AT&T, Verizon, you name it, whatever cell phone company you have and said, hey, you know, I just want to call and say great job today, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> they're called cost centers for a reason because people call to, to piss and moan and complain and yeah. fix issues. It's, it's a call center. It's like a cost center. It's like they're there to handle problems. I, I worked at a call center in college. And I, I, I took thousands of calls, thousands, and literally one person did call to say, hey, you're doing a great job to the company, right? And I just haven't either got to answer that call, but I was like, what? like but, but can I help you with something? Like, do you want me to like log in your account? What do you need? Yeah. I just couldn't get it. I was like, what? <laughs> but like, what do you want? Like, is there gotta be something? Like, no, no, that's it. And, uh, you know, the loud, the negative stands out. The positive, albeit it's there, it's not loud. So we, you know, I stole this from Gary Vee, of course, but like make positivity and kindness louder. That's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to like, if we get a negative comment. Let's just dog pile on more positivity to drown that out. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. You got your keyboard cowboys and, and warriors and your weekend, like the people that just are there to, you know, like they said in um, the dark night rises, some people like to watch the world burn. Yeah, no, that's and true. He was like to serve the pot. And sometimes it's sarcastic and funny, but you lose some of that tone in, in text and tweets and, and comments um, so it's hard to know. So we get on the defense a little bit too heavy sometimes. Um, so we gotta, we gotta watch ourselves. We gotta police our, our own methods on that stuff too. But you know, you scroll through enough comments in our stuff and, uh, boy, oh boy, I can't tell when people like are maybe a holes about the fact that we call, we have a, the saying like, can't, can't eat the horns. We have a hat that says can't eat the horns. Yeah. And, and like 80% of the comments are, you know, they're antlers. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, we know what they're called. Of course, they're antlers, but that's the joke. You're missing the joke, and they're mean about it, though. Like, yeah, maybe you should get it. You know, you're not a real hunter. You should stop hunting. Who, who's letting you do this? Like, what's wrong with you? You're, you're uh, misinforming the whole population of hunters. It's like, yeah. So it's social media. You just you expose yourself and your brand to, 
hundreds of thousands of people, and you're going to get that kind of stuff. There's a lots of human beings in the world, and there's places for the the idiots too, right? They're the people that are going <laughs> to piss you off. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, whatever has their place in this world, and that's part of humanity. It's okay. Now, have you found that, I mean, you guys have always kind of taken that that positive approach, but when you really kind of leaned into that, right, and, and made that like, hey, regardless of what comes our way, we're going to make sure that we kill them with kindness, that, you know, for every negative comment, there's going to be, you know, three or four positive comments that we're going to come back with. Have you noticed a real, like when you, again, when you really leaned into that, like a big shift in the interactions that you have with your customers or your content um, that you started to get more eyes on you that way by not kind of stooping to their level? Or is it always, has it been kind of a, a gradual thing? Just the more you kind of really started to pump out that content, um, you know, all the various medians and everything that, that you really started to see that growth. Uh, I mean, the trolls do give us a lot of content that we wouldn't have thought about. Like they poke holes in things that we didn't consider. And I, and I welcome that. Like I want to, be challenged if, if we if we're doing some harm to the industry or the community or whatever like from a dear quality management perspective qdma or whatever um you know if we're saying shoot spike shoot spike shoot spikes never pass never pass never pass blah 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 and that's actually doing harm like well then we want feedback on that because maybe we should alter our message a little bit because that's not our goal like we're conservationists you know we're we're two right. percent as you're aware and um, you know, that, I don't think that's the case at all, by the way. And, and there's always deeper meaning to what we do. A lot of our stuff is very dense. Never pass means never pass on making a memory of field. Never pass on doing what makes you happy. Never pass on a chance to fill your freezer if that's what your goal is. Never pass on shooting a 200-inch deer if that's what you're doing. Like, never pass on doing what you ought to do. It's your tag. It's your hunt, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, if you just take that surface value and you don't kind of peel the onion layers back uh, or parfait if you're thinking about Shrek, then, like, <laughs> you don't even know what we're talking about yet. So a lot of times it's someone's first interaction or like they've, they've their first exposure to our brand. They don't understand that that's our true message. So if we're gonna be a jackass to them out of the gate, that's not going to do anybody any good. Right. We can actually like obtain those folks as followers over time. And, and some of those, you know, locking horns and going comment for comment, um, have ended pretty well, shockingly. And to me, again, it's more practice and sparring of like applying stoic philosophy. And every time I get an opportunity to do that, I, it's exciting because I've, I read about it every single day. I, I read these passages from like meditations and when that stuff happens, I'm like, okay, I feel my adrenaline spiking, my blood boiling. This means I need to take a second, you know, go for a walk, calm down, remove myself from it and come back at it with a cooler head and see how I can like approach this diplomatically. Yeah. It's funny how you said uh, a lot of those interactions are when you have, you know, an actual back and forth that it usually ends well. It's sometimes it's surprising to me that if someone has, you know, a snarky or sarcastic comment or whatever the case is, and you just you come back at them with, like you said, with kindness, um, you know, if you're actually explaining whatever your message or anything like that was, how they kind of. I don't want to say they backtrack on their original statement, but their their next follow up. It's like, oh, well, I didn't mean it that way, you know, or, or whatever. And, and they, it's like road rage. You got to remember there's a person driving that car. It's not just a car. OK. Right. And and I, we've all had road rage. And, and I've, I've too, not to the degree that some people do not like carrying a bat around, like get out of my car and beating the shit out of people. But there is this sense that like when you're seeing people on the Internet, they're not there, you know. 
but they are. They are humans. You have to remember that that is a person that has their own perspective on the world, that it was taught hunting a certain way. Tradition was passed down from grandpa, great-grandpa to dad and so forth. Like, they're saying something because they believe it viscerally because that's how they were exposed to it. Right. So if they're challenging what I'm saying, they're, they're doing it because they maybe they feel attacked or it's different than what they've known or learned. So again, it, if you come at someone and you challenge their belief system, they're going to go further on the defense and go further into that like mode modality of like fighting right. to defend that. That's like the laws of human nature a, a book that I've read two times now by Richard Green has a, a chapter about like softening the, the defense of another person. Like how do you actually approach someone that is coming at you that way? And these are the things that I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to transcend all of this stuff so I can like, I want to, I want to bridge this like wedge that is happening. Like we are fighting amongst ourselves and, and the goal of the brand is to, to bring this community together and show how great it can really be because it is a little fractured right now and fractured in the sense that it's broken in some ways. And there's so much good. And, and I'm speaking about a very small percentage of what's happening, but toxicity is contagious. Like that stuff, is, it can spread like wildfire oh, yeah. and it can, uh, you know, a bad egg can ruin the bunch is kind of the, the thing. And that's very true here. Like it takes one jackass to to make a bad example we we got this is incredible i'm going to read you something and i'm I'm going on a rant here no you're good but this we have a, what we call the okayest hunter crew or the okayest crew so you have to submit an application to join it if you join it you get all these benefits from other brands from us and so forth um so you know if you're going to apply to it you have to tell us why you think you align with the brand you can't just like be there for free stuff okay that's to speak to you so i'm not gonna say the person's name but they said um, this is their words, quote, on my first hunting trip as a kid, I was scolded by my uncle for shooting a small six point on his property. It about ruined my hunting experience. If not for these two other hunters that were there, they reassured me that this was a great deer for my first hunt and not to worry about it. And they told me all about their mistakes they'd made over the years. And I've been on this hiatus from hunting for 22 years now. When I was exploring, getting back into it, I was hesitant due to all the standard YouTube influencer types that I saw out there. Always the biggest and elaborate hunts. Finding OKS Hunter was like finding those two guys from my uncle's property all over again. Without the content you guys create or the message you send, I wouldn't be preparing for my wife hunt over 20 years. It's incredible. That's like incredible. Yeah. That is like, so to say like someone can get shamed and people say we're like, uh, we've been called the trophy hunting award or like the trophy award of like, you know, everyone gets a trophy of hunting, <laughs> which is funny. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, it's actually kind of clever to like come up with that shit. That's not what we're doing. But if, if the worst case scenario of someone getting, you know, bashed on, and that's not social media, that was 20 some years ago before social media existed. Yeah. It was an uncle, a relative that said, how dare you shoot that six point basket rack? What are you thinking, kid? And they didn't hunt for 22 years. You're, you're potentially depriving someone of the thing that we love so much that we're trying to get people involved in. Yeah, a lifetime of memories. You know? Yeah. So, you know, we're all about like, let's bring more people into the fold. Let's we want this thing to be around for a long time. I don't want to get into like the political, the political side of it, but like we are vastly outnumbered on the polls. Uh, I've had Brad Latrell from uh, go wild on the podcast, talk about this deeply on an episode that he was on. And it was like really interesting to hear his perspective because he's far more business like than I am and knows more and has a lot more experience. But if this stuff ever goes to the polls, we lose hundred percent. If everyone in hunting showed up, we lose completely. Yeah. So, it doesn't help that we're like infighting. We need to bring more people into this. And if more people want to come into it and we'll look like a bunch of jerks that are being mean to each other, then people aren't even going to bother. They're going to be like, yeah, you know, F that, I'm out. I'm not even going to bother joining that community. Yeah. So, you know, there is this like, 
you know, the, the R3, retain, reactivate, and recruit, or whatever the order is there, recruit, retain, and reactivate. Um, I think we help with that in some way. Well, yeah, because especially in this day and age, right, it, the you, you brought up a point there about <clears throat> um, the, the having the conversation and, you know, bridging that, that gap and just having an open mind when we go into these conversations or when someone sees a meme or they see a post or something that doesn't align with the way they view hunting or the way that it was that they were exposed to it. Like you mentioned, they go on the defense automatically. And like you said, you're trying to go into there, you know, into that conversation or that interaction with an open mind and, you know, explaining and maybe asking questions, uh, you know, from their perspective, you know, why they see things that way and just creating that dialogue. And I think, you know, that whole approach and yeah, that whole approach in general is something that not only can we certainly benefit from in the hunting community, but I mean, that's, that's the world that we live in right now, where that if someone doesn't yeah, agree with basically anything, right? Yeah, it, it sure is. And hunting is uh, you can get inflamed pretty quickly because it is something that you hold so close because it's so familiar, like familiar, like there's so much family ties that go into it and tradition. I think it's a particularly um, strong use case to, to apply this stuff and have an impact. I think other things can apply too, but like you compare it to golf and it's not the same. Like it's no. just not. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. know, and that's, what's funny too is, you know, obviously I've, I've had a chance to, to talk to you and to Greg uh, a few times over the last couple of years, you know, we've recorded, you know, uh, you know, more than one podcast with each other and certainly interactions just like through social media and stuff like that. So I feel like I have a, a pretty good understanding of you guys, you know, having had, you know, multiple conversations with you, I, I feel comfortable saying like, yeah, I, I, I know who Eric is, or I know who Greg is. Um, so whenever I see your stuff, like, even if it's something that I don't agree with, right. I'm always like, I know where they're coming from. I know what the the point of the post is. I know what they're, they're trying to convey or to get across. I think it's great because what you said earlier, I mean, there is, I can't even count how many posts and, and memes and things like that, that you guys have put out where I'm like, huh, been there before, right? Been there. That's, oh yeah, that's, that's me to a T. And it's, uh, there's a lot more people out there like us that are, that are okay. that are average at, at hunting where, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to shoot what gets us fired up irregardless of, of what someone else may say. And I think a lot of people are, I don't want to say ashamed, but they're a little scared to, to kind of come out and say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat, right? Because it's not necessarily what, social media and influencers and, and people like that have, have trained us to think is okay when it comes to, to hunting or to harvesting a deer. Yeah. I know. I think then there's just the five stages that I think have been discussed. And most hunters have heard about that through like, you know, hunter safety and so forth, but you know, it at a different spot and they're what we, you know, reference as the hunting journey or the stages of the deer hunter or what have you. And, you know, as a result, like be mindful of that, you know, that might be that person's first deer. Like I didn't get my first deer with a bow and it was a doe fawn, uh, till, uh, what was it the year my daughter was born so it would have been 2017 yeah so i was 32 or something or 31 i don't know somewhere in there i was not a child at all <laughs> so and when i posted that i got i got you know there's a lot of hate getting thrown my way and i was like geez what you know what i was really proud of it but now i'm not thanks a lot yeah. and then i felt 
weird. Like, this is why am I what? Like, what happened? You know, you, this is like the brotherhood of hunting. I went out and I hunted and I harvested a deer with my bow from 15 yards on the ground and having a doe fall. And everyone's like, dude, you're old enough to not have done that, taken that deer. I'm like, what do you know about my hunting situation? You have no idea. Yeah. I got a deer with my bow ever. I hadn't gotten one in years with my gun even. So that was the first time I got to put meat in my freezer. And that was the year my daughter was born. I was out like a week after she was born. I was like, this is incredible. So yeah, that was actually the, that was like the kickoff point in my mind as to how the, I think I bought the domain name like the next day or two, or like I was trying to think about, it. I think I was gonna call it humble hunter. And I found some, some gal that has an Instagram page called the humble huntress. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. Even if it could make it work, I have to compete with that. And that's not going to work for me. So then I, you know, came up with what I came up with. Um, so what's to are. come? What's, what is, what is next for the OKS hunter? Well, it, I don't know. I, I don't want to divulge too, too much. Not yeah, that I, that's you know, fair. I always hate that. Like, Ooh, you know, can't talk about it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. Um, it's not like what we're doing is so unique that someone's going to steal our idea or whatever. Um, I'd rather have people know where we're going. So it makes sense. But you know, we own OKS golf or OKS camp or OKS Fisher and OKS a couple other things. Oh, you went out and, and cleaned house. Yeah. We're, we're just, you know, again, using that relatability, uh, as the through line for what we're talking about, this stuff applies to everything. And this kind of thing goes on everywhere. And our mission here in the hunting category is really, really strong. So this is where we're focused and we're planning routes and, and building the blueprint really. And, and maybe we won't go in those other categories. Maybe we will. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, we're, we're owned by, uh, or okay. Center is a DBA doing business as, and the official business is base layer media. And base layer media, in my belief, has, if you're a media company, you have three outlets. You have uh, the written word, you like blogs and articles and so forth, the editorial. You have audio, in this case, podcasting, uh, radio. Uh, and then you have pictures and, and videos or movies. And those are the three pillars of media. And so we're just slowly charting our course of building out those pillars we have our podcast and we hope to grow that whether that's acquiring others or partnering with others or building a network or whatever we're going to do with that or having other podcasts that live in those other domains um we have the written piece that we're working on building now we have uh you know i think just shy of a half dozen uh freelance writers that we're working with to help us produce uh you know good quality editorial that speaks to the hunting community that has that relatability piece to it and then the video side, we're, we're working on. We'll, we'll see where we get with it. We might be a little too early as it stands, but we're trying to build a, a hunting show that's different than others. I, I also believe in different, not better. Yeah. Uh, a book I got from White Combinator called uh, Play Bigger talks about, like, you know, when five-hour energy drink came out, uh, there was no more room for energy drinks. It was totally saturated. But there, this is a different drink. You have to drink a bunch of coffee and stain your teeth or get tea or, like, drink something hot. Uh, or get another cold energy drink. So you have to pee a thousand times on a road trip. You just get this one <laughs> shot at the front counter, not even the refrigerated section. Yeah. And boom, you got energy. That was different. It's not better than a Red Bull. It's just different. Yeah. We're not better than any other hunting brand. We're just different. And so for us, that hunting show might end up looking something more like The Office, <laughs> and <laughs> and like not cinematic, and not like dramatic and dramatized. Uh, just like me racing home to get my kids in their Halloween costumes or. Uh, trying to get my freaking boot on my foot while Greg points and laughs at me because he's a jackass because, you know, we're like a married couple or my wife glaring at me because I interrupted her laundry to do my own laundry, but I won't do any other laundry other than my hunting stuff. Of course. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, stuff like that. Right. So different, not better. Uh, will it be professional? That's the, well, yes, it'll be professional. I think everything we do has a high quality, our apparel, our hats, all five-star reviews, 
we don't skimp on quality at all. We try to put out high quality content from the podcast standpoint. Our, our equipment is good. It's high quality. Same thing with the show and, and so forth, the writing and, and everything we do, which is comical because we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a duality that we try to play on there. It's kind of funny. So no, well, that's exciting, man. Uh, I, I said it before, but congratulations on, on all the su success that you guys are having because it's from someone who I feel like has has kind of been around or, or has been following and spoken to you kind of in since the early days, which is, is funny to say because, you know, OK Center has been around for, what, three years maybe? Yeah, June 2020 officially. So was the the like literal like LLC was formed, website was launched and so forth. So like hard right in the middle of the year of 2020. I mean, we started testing stuff out, uh, I think, late August of 2019. And then we had enough uh, indication to say, like, let's do it for real. And uh, here we are. So, you know, it usually takes these, from what I understand, businesses three to five years to get in the black. I'd say we're we're doing well. You know, we might grant Cardone this shit. We might actually 10x what we did last year, nice. which is insane to to think about. And then we're trying to you know align with um, products in addition to like merch, not just hats and shirts. We want to actually do products that are practical, but yeah. complement the brand and the ethos and what we're trying to do. And the more we make, the more we donate to conservation, the better off we become. We can expand our conservation efforts. Right now, it's 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 pretty small because we're pretty small. We don't have a lot and right. we're, we're just busting our tails and trying as hard as we can with what we got. So we're very scrappy. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, the, like I'm talking about the conservation piece of it is, you know, having only four of you guys that are, you know, three or four of you guys that are a part of the OKS Hunter and everything that you're producing and putting out, you know, that means that it's only going to be the four of you that are, you know, that have the output in terms of conservation. So giving back, you know, your time and, and your dollars and everything, but that little bit is more than maybe, you know, four guys down the road are doing who just are hunting buddies. Right. So mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't poo poo or diminish what you guys are doing from the conservation side, just because it's only the four of you, you know? Yeah. I, it's interesting because I, I have big grandiose plans and big visions and, and you got to get there one day at a time and going, going back to Gary V, a, a big mentor of mine, so to speak, um, micro patience and macro or macro patience and micro speed, meaning like in the long term, you got to have your vision, be very patient. It's going to take 10 years to get there. And it's already taken me 10 years to get here. I started everything in 2013. If you back up far enough and look at the whole picture of what I've been up to, um, with, you know, what was previously where to hunt and so forth. Right. But, and then micro speed, like every day we work really, really, really hard having that patience along the vision. Or he, talk, he calls it clouds and dirt. Like you got to have your vision and your strategy and be in the clouds and look ahead. And then you got to be in the dirt, lifting your freaking sleeves up and getting the work done, yeah. which is kind of rare. Like if you're, someone's got to freaking steer the Titanic and, but someone's got to be in the engine room feeding yeah. the coal. Like right. you got to be a bit of both and one doesn't work without the other. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely, that's a, that's a very good uh, piece of advice for anyone out there that's kind of starting on their own entrepreneurial uh, journey. Tell me about what you guys just had uh, that you, I think maybe it was a couple weeks ago, Foam Fest that you guys uh, kicked yeah. off. Tell me about that. No, thank you. It was, uh, so we did a, uh, Greg and I went to uh, a friend of ours, Anthony Heller uh, runs Deervane, and uh, he puts on a, a shoot. It's the second year that he did it this year. 
on his own property. It's uh, 80 acres or maybe a little bit more. It's a big property. It's very diverse. It's in the, the Driftless region of Wisconsin. And so lots of like, it's a strenuous course. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> like you could probably turn into a freaking tack and it'd be like, you'd be, you'd be hoofing for air and sucking wind. But uh, at that event, I was like, we should do this. We should do an event. How fun is this? You know, I, I would say, let's not do it on diverse terrain. <laughs> Make it more casual. <laughs> like, I don't want to like do away with the deer camp, but I got to keep this thing in shape for deer camp. But, um, so I was like, what do we call foam fest, like killing foam. And, and there's a brewery that we, that we love called Hubbleton brewery, uh, in Wisconsin. And they make great beer. They're on 40 acres. I thought, let's talk to the owner and see if he'll let us up a course. So we did, he said, yes. So we booked it, um, so to speak. And, uh, we so we foam fest in the sense you're drinking beer, there's beer foam and there's foam. And then that was going to be the whole thing. Well, then the venue, uh, wasn't going to work anymore because they were in some sort of I wouldn't say dispute. I don't want to give them the bad, like a bad name or anything, but like they were growing so fast at the town. Some old curmudgeon probably was like, Hey, I don't like all this traffic coming through my you know, street anymore. Yeah. And so then they had to formalize a lot of that stuff because they were just, you know, I don't think they actually were supposed to be treating like a bar and it kind of was, they had outdoor events. They had a beer garden. They were doing live music, lots of things, big tournaments and so forth. And then he's like, yeah, now lawyers are going back and forth. And he's like, it's just not going to work to have your event because it's in the midst of all this stuff and I can't rock the boat. So no more events until we get this stuff figured out and then we'll formalize it. So then we had to like find a new event space inside of a couple of weeks, which wasn't easy to do. No, um, not something like that. No, we found an archery uh, club that I had to meet with the board of directors. I had to go to a general meeting. I had to join the the club. I had to join the Wisconsin Bowhunter Association. And then they literally like the, you know, swath of a gavel and on the all in favor of OKS Hunters event, say aye, aye. It's done. Eric, you can have your event. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so it was like a very formal thing. And I was up there till like, it was a Thursday night. I didn't get home till 1130 PM. It was insane. And so we, we got our event squared away, but what we want it to be next year, because this was meant to be a test year anyways. Do we want to do events? What does it look like? What are the learnings? We're going to have a lot of learnings in the first one. Let's just dip our toe in and see how it goes. So we had uh, just under 40 people show up, and we did a bunch of giveaways. We gave away a couple bear archery, bows, uh, vector custom trap arrows. A lot of folks that we already do work with on the podcast side donated some product. Uh, so we led with a lot of that and then additional things too. Um, and we actually are donating 2% for conservation from uh, a 50-50 raffle also. And what we wanted to be going forward is, I can't tell you how many events I've been invited to or, or ought to go to being in this category that like, sorry, honey, I'm leaving you with three kids again this weekend because I got to right. go to another thing or I should go to this thing or I need to go to that thing or like ATA or this shoot or that shoot or this event or this conservation day or whatever the hell it is. And I was like, I'm sick of doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you hear you hear successful entrepreneurs talk about how like either I wish I brought my family with you with me or you should bring your family with you and and the people around you. When I say with you, I don't mean literally. I do mean literally, but I also mean like figuratively, like bring them along with you or you're going to end up there alone. And I wanted my family to be there. I wanted my family, and my kids to see what we're doing, to be present, to like be around the people that we're connecting with in the community that we're building. So Foam Fest is going to take shape next year into what it's actually intended to be, which is a very family-centric archery event. So there will be, hopefully, if we pull it together the way that we want to, the vision is bouncy house, bubble machines, foam for the kids, foam for the adults, 
go kill foam, go drink beer, um, bring your family, bring your wives and kids. This is a family event. We're going to have uh, animal face painting, like woodland animal face painting. We have uh, some connections with the DNR here in Wisconsin for the Learn to Hunt events. We're going to bring them in and, and get them involved. We're going to bring some vendors and get them involved and make this a really well-rounded camping bow uh, archery uh, event that is very centric to family and catered towards kids in addition to that. Because when you cater things towards children, the parents can rest easy that their kids are like having fun too. It's not just this boring thing that they're tucking, tucking at your leg the whole time. Like, I want to go home. I'm bored. I'm yeah. bored. Yep. They need to walk the archery course with you. That's lame for them. Like, don't make this stuff unfun for them. They're not going to get into it. If we do some things that kids love to do and they get to burn a bunch of energy all day and you get to shoot your bow and win some stuff. It's a win-win all fun. the way around. Yeah, it's totally different. And, and we did this with our wedding, my wife and I. We had face paint. We had trick-or-treating because it was in October. We did like pumpkin paintings. Um, we had games. We, we had all the stuff that was like focused around kids, which was like my wife and my mother-in-law's idea. I didn't even know half the shit was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the commentary after our wedding was like, best wedding ever. I've never been to a wedding where my kids were like catered to. And as a result, I got to have the most fun and they got to have the most fun. And together we all had a ton of fun and it was incredible. Usually it's like, I don't want your freaking kids at my wedding. It's no yeah. kids allowed. Yeah. And they got to find a babysitter and they got to feel guilty. They got to get home at a certain time. It just was very, the dynamic was changed in such a way that I've never heard that kind of feedback. I'm like, let's do that for this event. And uh, so, yeah, we brought, we brought like sensory bins and water tables and uh, Derek Melkor and our team did a shed honey, brought a, a box of shed antlers and we planted them out and, and kids went and ran around looking for sheds. And it was a ton of fun. The whole thing was a ton of fun. So, that, I mean, that's it. That's what Foam Fest is. And any money we raise from that can go back to conservation and so forth. It just helps us have that in-person feel. We're very digital We're on social media and all these other places, but it's nice to like get in person and like share stories and have fun together. Oh yeah. The, the, the face to face, um, at least speaking from, you know, a, a strictly podcast standpoint, the face to face is so much different. I mean, even though like right now you and I can see each other, but it's still, it's digital, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have quite the same feel like if I was sitting there with you or, or vice versa. And that's, um, it's something that we lost a lot of in the past, you know, few years and, and everyone became accustomed to the digital way of, of communicating and everything like that. So to, to take that approach, I think is awesome. And then taking that one step further and bringing the kids involved, because you're right. It's, uh, we, we, as, as, you know, young dads and young parents, they, we, at least I know it is for me. Like I, I want my kids to have the same experience that I did growing up. And it's probably going to look a bit different just because it's, you know, almost 30, 40 years later than when I was a kid. So times have certainly changed, but you can still get them outdoors. You can still get them into things that they enjoy and you just have to take a different approach to doing it, right? You know, if dad's going to go out and shoot his bow, but you can, you know, maybe there's a, you know, child's recurve or something like that, that they can shoot at some foam and, and, you know, build some confidence and have some fun, but then also you know, do the face painting, do the bubbles. Cause what kid doesn't love bubbles and foam and all that. And then at the end of the day, you know, you're in the car going home and they're like, you know, mom, dad, like that was the best day ever. Like it was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again next year. And then it becomes a yearly thing. Right. And then as maybe they get, like, yep. And as they get older, well now, you know, maybe they're, you know, early teenagers or something. And and all of a sudden it's, Hey dad, I want to bring my bow or can I get a bow so I can come shoot with you. Right. And then yeah. that's where it, 
you know, the transition isn't so stark. Yeah. They've been there. They understand it. They've, you know. So, yeah, I mean, really, as we think about the future of generation, that's something that I talk about you know, not not too frequently, but it's there a, a lot. It's, like, definitely in my mind because i got three kids, and, um, you know, it's more than just about us. It's about the next generation. I think that's been the case for most generations. They're always thinking about the next one. Um, so it's funny when the, the you know, baby boomers are going to bash us. It's like, you know, you cared a lot about making a, a, a good foundation for us. <laughs> and here you are, like, bashing our way of life. But, like, you laid that foundation so we could have this life. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, dude, it's it's we'll see how it grows. Uh, we're, we're, like, already kind of in the planning stages for next year. We, we're turning it out right out of the gate. We're already trying to line up um, vendors and trying to look at, like, what that what is that going to look like? And we can do camping overnight there. So great. So now people, if they're if they are gonna drink or whatever, they don't have to drive home. They can look, literally camp out there. Now we get this campfire kind of experience because there's this huge bonfire pit there. Yeah. Um, there's just other dynamics that we'll, there'll be more learnings again next year, I'm sure. But we learned a lot <laughs> about what not to do this year and what we can do more of and, and so forth. It's uh, it was really fun. It was a great day. Yeah. Well, even though obviously we're. Uh we're close enough in proximity, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin that, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to keep an eye out for that because that sounds like a, a great opportunity to, you know, take a little, you know, kind of long weekend vacation and everyone gets to do something hey, they enjoy. Okay. And yeah. And, and I'll add this, like I can share this now that the event is over. We gave, we talked about those bow, the bows that we gave away. One was a raffle. So like you had to put your ticket in and then someone won. Right. But the other one based on your score on the range and uh, we did it by and we'll change it next year a little bit but this year we did <laughs> worst score wins the bow oh beautiful we're different this is the okay hunter so we thought well if you shot the worst score we can lift your spirits by giving you a bow and and if you shot the worst score you probably need a new bow <laughs> like so we did the raffle announcement we were like the the score of the of the thing and everyone's thinking like they did the best like everyone's like oh, i didn't do that great i'm not gonna win the bow i'm like well you never know you never know um, you know, those are okay hunters out there. You maybe you did really good, you know, and, and yeah, 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 whatever, Eric, whatever. And then we did this thing. I was like, look, I don't want to embarrass you. That's not the point of this, whoever this person's going to be, but this is what we're doing. And then also in the room kind of got kind of weird. Like everyone's like, well, I, you know, actually I didn't turn in my car cause I was really embarrassed of my score. Can yeah, of course. Out? Right. And, and, uh, so we did, we did, we accepted them anyways. And, uh, a friend of mine actually won, uh, and he needed a new bow really bad. And he took someone out that had never, he shot the, the course twice. And he took some out that had never shot 3D archery before. Former Marine, um, so a veteran, uh, super good dude. He took some other guy out with his shitty-ass bow and shot the worst score on the course because he put more of his energy into helping someone else learn how to shoot on a 3D archery course. I'd never done it before. And he then deserves he wore a new bow. bow. He deserves he the bow. He was so happy. It was like such a, such a cool, the whole thing was a cool moment. And everyone's like, was it a success? I'm like, nah. It was fulfilling. It was yeah. very gratifying, fulfilling to do that and bring people together. So... Um, I, I'm not even like looking to use the word success because I don't even know how to measure it. It's like it made my heart happy. It was a really good event. Yeah. And anytime you're going to have an event like that, especially that, you know, going forward that you're going to try to make very family centric, you know, just being fulfilled, right? Leaving there, seeing all the happy faces and the, the family interactions, making new friends, getting together with old ones. I mean, that's what those things are all about. Right. And I think sometimes people kind of look past that, but you know, if, if that is your, your goal from the onset is, is just to kind of, you know, build that community, right. And, and grow, you know, the, the OKS Hunter message and, and things like that. I mean, that's, 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's, we'll call it a win. I don't know about, yeah, it, it, what success yeah, looks like, like, but it's like, a win. Like there, was, there was like 100 people there, but we had the right people there and, and we had a good time and we tried out gear. We set up, sat, there's a lot of trees and open space. So we were setting up saddles and platforms and shooting from saddles. Like people were, you know, you can go to a trade show and you can get in a saddle and that's fine. We were literally shooting from saddles at yeah. targets. Yeah, and there's a big like, difference. Be able to shoot your boat. Like it was a difference for people to go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a strong side and a weak side. Oh, this feels really different. Uh, but I could do it. I have to lean back more. I'll t I'll cinch this up. And people really got to get their hands on gear and, and try stuff out. Like it was it was pretty neat, man. Honestly, the whole thing was pretty cool. No, that's that's great. Have <clears throat> have you noticed, you know, throughout the the course of, you know, the the growth and then obviously the foam fest that you know, more people or people that are, are reaching out that have been kind of going about hunting in the way they thought they should based on social media, YouTube, you know, with the influencers and, and things like that. And then after discovering you are like, this is much more my speed. This is, this is where I, you know, quote unquote fit in right in, in the, in the hunting and, you know, hunting space or the outdoor community. Yeah, I think we've, you know, uh, what happened right out of the gate when we first launched in June, uh, the number of people that started sending us private messages or direct messages, DMs of their spike buck photos and doe photos, um, what we noticed was that those photos weren't shared on their own profiles. They wow. were never exposed before. They never saw the light of day, sort of like probably texting their close friends and family. And so we were being treated as though we were close friends or family, like it was a text message almost coming to us. And then over time, slowly and gradually, like, people started tagging us in those they would post it and then tag us and so i'd like to think we help kind of create this space of like it's okay to post that stuff because it means something more than you don't have to always only post because it's a big giant buck right there's like this threshold of if it's not an eight pointer or larger people don't even want to post it like a six pointer is questionable anything less than that it's not happening yeah Unless people are really confident in their skin and they don't care about that kind of stuff. But a lot of people do care about that judgment because it sucks. Like To get those commentary sucks. And again, it's not everybody, but it takes one or two to really ruin the whole moment. Yeah. Because of how loud that, that negative can be. So I think to answer your question, like, are people becoming more okay with it, so to speak? Yeah, you know, we... <laughs> But somewhere along the line, we like anytime someone tags us in a trail cam photo or like a video of like a spike buck coming through, we say, oh, that's Fred. That's our mascot. He's making his rounds and came like, <laughs> to, to show up so he's doing his job. And so like now we're getting like all these posts of like Fred, <laughs> which is like, you know, any spike buck or like people go shed hunting. We made a joke about, well, the little ones are harder to find anyways. <laughs> so you found a little one like you're actually a better shed hunter than the guys finding big ones. You should take a picture of a little one. Yeah, and those so, are like, easy to find. Yeah. So they're like sending us antlers that actually look like our logo which is where it was inspired from like i have the antler that i drew the logo from and uh so it's like oh yeah when people find our logo they're like i found the okay hunter logo so it's stuff like that's really kind of silly um but it just goes to show there there is this embrace of yeah it, it's my tag it's my hunt i want to have fun and make memories like we, we are aiming at the broader demographic the weekend warriors the jilly billy joe lunchbox you know the the folks that that we can relate with. And, and because I live in reality, I know what it takes to kill a big giant buck. And right now I don't have the ability to, to sacrifice in my life to go make yeah. that happen. Yeah. Not so a lot I of us like, do. Yeah. I, I can dream. And I, but I also need to live in reality and know that, look, this is not the time in my life where that needs to be my priority. Yeah. Uh, priority number one, dad and husband. Priority number two, my career, my day job. 
Priority number three, this business. Everything after that is extra shit. Like, if I can get a buck with what I have with that extra, cool. But that I'm probably not going to get a 200-inch deer. That's not, that's like really, and if I do, it's going to be very serendipitous. I'm a very lucky human. It's not because I, like, am the best hunter. But, you know, when I have the time in my life to go do that, I'll go try it. I have a lot of knowledge I've learned over the years of doing this podcast stuff. Yeah, uh, like, right. I, probably make it happen but that is that isn't my focus and um it's not to say we bash on people that that do that either that's not the point the the point is you just do what makes you happy and not judge other people for you know wherever they're at in their stage of, of the hunting journey so i think i answered the question yeah no you're good you did you <laughs> did absolutely very well i might add so obviously we're early september here um we're coming into hunting season um any big plans to with that spare time? I mean, is it just going to be, you know, weekend warrior when you get a chance, you're going to get out or are you going to try to hunt some some other neighboring states or anything this year? What does it look like? Uh, no neighboring states. I did Pennsylvania last year for one day. I went out with the Spartan Forge crew uh, for their vet hunt. That was fun. I get to like travel 10 hours in one day and then travel 10 hours the next day back or two days Oof. later, whatever it was, um, which was like great for listening to audiobooks. But I... No, I'll just hunt wherever I can this year. And Greg and Derek will lean on heavily to get me into good spots. I had to apply to some conservancy property I haven't heard back yet. So if I get that, that'll change the dynamic a little bit. Uh, beyond that, it's I'll take what I can get. And I really told my wife, like, last year was really tough. We had our third child a year ago um, as of tomorrow. The sixth is my, my third son's birthday. And I had maybe a little bit too much for, for that because I was still, like, not realizing I was a dad of three. Yeah. <laughs> And so this year, I think I got to get taper back and try to jam pack what I can into the the first two weeks of November, um, short of like getting up for the first the first hunt, the first hunt. And if I get some opportunities here and there, I'll take them. My wife knows that this is the life that I live and what we signed up for to some degree. But I'm also, it's it's not that I'm like some people like you go to ask your wife like girl pair. I'm like well, that's not what's happening here. I'm just no. being respectful, and exactly. I actually like and enjoy being around my family and kids, and uh, they come first. So. But I get really torn because I'm like, oh, the wind shifted and this is the freaking day in the spot. Like, I should really be out hunting today. Yeah, and we all like, go through no. that. Like, they just go. I'm like, OK, thank you. And then I go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. My plan is to to do what I can. And, uh, you know, we might try our hand at this filming stuff. Um, we're we're going to hire potentially a videographer or two. I'm not going to be doing it because that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and um, so maybe we'll be able to actually share some. Of the, the biggest request we got from folks at trade shows and so forth was like we want to see you guys behind camera we want to see a show and so we're we're taking that feedback and we're going to see if we can make it happen but it's expensive to pay people like that and it's expensive to get on network and and so forth so we're not when i said it before we're early we're financially probably too early to do a really good job so again we're i'm a big believer on the business side of placing what i call small bets yeah and if there's some some coming back and we get some positive feed, feedback or signals or like monetary return to some degree that like actually pay for the thing we're trying to do, um, then we'll do more of it. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's tough because there's a lot of competing things right now. It's hard to to manage cash flow of product and inventory and, and ads and all the stuff we're doing. It's uh, luckily I have Tyler on the operation side, like keeping this ship running on that side of it. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give you an open invitation, man. Um, if you ever want to come to Michigan, I've got uh, my in-laws have some some property that I hunt every year, so we don't have to. Uh, we we get the lug the luxury of hunting private land, but uh, open invitation, man. Anytime you want to come to Michigan and just experience something a little bit different and see how uh, 
okay hunters do it in michigan yeah you're more than welcome man i'd be happy to i there's a point in time where i'll probably be able to take you up on that so as long as that invitation stays open at some point i'll try to cash in on it yeah absolutely all right eric i know it's uh it's labor day it's the night of labor day you've been at it all day trying to prepare for these birthday parties so i'm gonna let you get out of here but if people don't already know where can they find the okayest hunter at yeah, the best place to start. Thanks for doing that. If you've made it this far, appreciate you listening to us ramble on. But uh, it's okayest, O-K-A-Y-E-S-T, hunter.com. And from there, you can go everywhere. But you should have a pretty easy time finding us on social. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for those listening, uh, if you haven't already checked out the OK Center, please be sure and do so because great material or great products and merch and everything like Eric mentioned earlier, but also the uh, the memes, you know, come for the memes, stay for the merch because you're going to get a good laugh and it's going to be a lot of relatable stuff, and um, you can certainly feel comfortable in your own skin after seeing uh, some of the stuff that these guys do. So you guys will certainly enjoy it if you haven't already. Eric, thank you again, man. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Likewise. Thanks, everybody. All right. Take care. All right. Well, thank you again to Eric for joining me on the podcast today and, uh, quite honestly, bailing me out of a jam. Uh, I would also like to thank the partners of the podcast, Hard Side Hydration, Stone Glacier, Go Hunt, Wild Rivers Coffee, Outdoor Class, and of course, 2% for Conservation. Uh, please be sure to go out and support the companies and the brands that support this podcast and help make it possible. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you're going to see all the certified brands, including the OKS Hunter, that uh, have committed to conservation, that committed to conservation, and that you should support when you shop. I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where it's going to be only positive conservation driven content landing in your feeds. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Be sure to check out theaverageconservationist.com, catch up on all your latest podcast episodes, grab some merch to help support conservation in the process. And until next week, as always, stay safe out there and remember that conservation starts with you.